Blog Talk Radio. Without sports, welcome to our latest podcast. It's almost the end of February. We get an extra day this month because of leap year, so the normal thing where all the days in February match exactly the days in March is off by a day, so it always gets a little confusing. And um, Sid, are you on the line? Yes. Oh, good, it worked. All right, I couldn't tell by this thing. It said you were on hold, so. Anyway, I always get confused every four years where it's like, oh, the 1st of February is a Monday. Oh, but the 1st of March is a Tuesday this year. So one of those well, small little weird quirks. That, that the days match in March. <laughs> That's what's odd Oh, really? To, I always, that to me, it's always like well, every other, every three out of four years, it's like, okay, the, the days are perfect until you hit the 28th. Well, but but it's the only time of the year that that happens. So That's why it's just like a little confusing sometimes. Anyhow, Hi. Hello. Well, um, it's it's funny here that uh, now not that we're going to be complaining about the weather in Los Angeles, where it's been uniformly warm and sunny, but it, it is this was supposed to be the Godzilla El Nino of all time right. in Southern California, and it has been most of the part. It's been a bust. We've had two storms in the last maybe six weeks. We had some storms actually. The one time I missed it when uh, I was in Denver, where I guess it was really huge. Um, but it has been drier than normal. We've had five inches of rain this season, which is actually less than it is for Southern California. It's on wow. pa- pace to be the hottest February. And it's interesting is now the theory is that El Nino is actually too strong because it's created this high-pressure system over Eureka, which is in the <laughs> northern part of the state that's keeping everything north. But remember all the, oh, my God, it's going to basically be like the Bible with, in terms of rain in <laughs> Noah's Ark, and it's been like the most sunny, dry month you can remember in winter. It, it, it's almost like two people on Fox talking about gay athletes, the weathermen, <laughs> are just yeah. going to get it wrong every single time. So, yes, we will be talking about that. So, yeah, basically they're, they're about as right as the meteorologists have been. But uh, we're going to look at this. You, um, you, you look at this in L.A. Hold on a second. I'm looking at the weather forecast. Not I, this is not to rub it in. This is just a dark. It's a zero percent participation chance every day for the next ten days, with a high of eighty-one and a low of fifty-two. That is, it is the perfect weather. It, it's it's absolutely perfect. You get the cold well, night. Got it. Open Basically, the, the Super Bowl even a little up. chilly. It was uh, you know Northern California got hit with a lot of rain, but the Super Bowl week it was dry and sunny, and on game day it was. Perfect conditions for uh, for the Super Bowl. So it's it's interesting. The good news is, uh, like anybody cares, but we do care that the snowpack in the north has gotten a ton of snow, and so it's way above average. So that's actually good for the drought here. Yeah. But it just it's just funny how I almost bought this expensive ra- ra- you know uh, rain uh, not resistant what you know waterproof rain jacket when I was in Denver. And I said ah, I think I'll just wait. Thank God I waited. I would have blown about two hundred bucks <laughs> on something that would have been totally useless. So. 
Um, speaking of totally useless, let's first start talking about this thing you posted today on Fox, or about Fox News. Well, actually, I want you to fill people in. It was just sort of bizarre. Well, I don't know how I stumbled across it, but uh, two women, uh, and, and forgive me if I butcher her name here, uh, Tamara Holder and Kelly Whiteside. Kelly Whiteside is a, prof- a media professor, actually, at Montclair State University. They had about a four or five minute conversation on some Fox News, I think it's the .com, called uh, Sports Court, where they look at different issues in sports. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it was... It was just watching two people spout out every cliche and every stereotype about how hard it is to come out for male athletes and how easy it is for female athletes, and no one cares about female athletes. And at one point, Holder referred to Brittany Griner as Brittany Grimer and and mentioned out-athlete Amy Thorpe. And and so I wrote to Helen Carroll at the National Center for Lesbian Rights, and I said, have you ever heard of an Amy Thorpe? Because I spent about, I I don't want to get, I don't know, 20 minutes looking online. I'm like, I've never heard of this person before. And she said that she had just been doing a bunch of research on the history of, of lesbian athletes and had never come across an Amy Thorpe. So my only guess is that this person got confused with Ian Thorpe, the Australian Olympic champion who came out, I don't know, a couple of years ago, but it was it was just indicative of the entire conversation that offered absolutely no insight whatsoever and just spouted off a bunch of cliches by two people who have no idea what they're talking about. Well, Amy Thorpe was um, an American spy codenamed Cynthia who worked for, for the, <laughs> the U.S. British spy agency during World War II, so... There actually was an Amy Thorpe, but I doubt that she was an openly lesbian out athlete. So she was. <laughs> well, you, cer- you certainly don't use Amy Thorpe as an example. Like you know, she mentioned um, Brittany Brittany Grimer, of course, pronounced her name totally wrong, and 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 Abby Wambach. I mean, the third one you think of is not some some spy named Amy Thorpe who I don't even I was Amy Thorpe a lesbian was she, I, I, I do we even know well, no, it, clear, it, it, was, it showed the level of the discourse that they couldn't even get the names right I mean Brittany Grimer and clearly they meant Ian Thorpe but somehow confused and there's not even an Amy whatever last name that I know of that was an, uh, an openly out athlete right I mean there's no one I remember. I know it was Amy clearly just a matter of two people, two people just kind of not knowing what they're talking about. But it is sort of reflective of how the media have still often these just old, outdated notions of the issues of gays in sports that you know we cover on a daily basis. And I mean, for example, at one point, it's this knee-jerk thing of well, the locker room wouldn't accept it, and it's said right. as a statement of fact, as if they have you know pulled the locker room. And, and we know our experience that simply not it's not was certainly not the case with Michael Sam it's not been the case with Robbie Rogers it wasn't the case with Jason Collins and yeah we know the fear still exists of a lot of athletes that they may not be accepted but the evidence we have so far of the out athletes has been totally accepted yeah and like I said in my post the 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 the, the problem is everybody's focused on the locker room and nobody's focused on the boardroom and and I, again you know and 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 this Whatever her name is, Whiteside. 
she she talks about uh, where is it the NFL? The NFL is not ready for an openly gay player in its locker room. I mean, first of all, there is no NFL locker room. There are there are thirty two different NFL locker rooms, and the problem isn't even in the locker room. The problem is with the guys in the in the the front office. They're the ones who aren't bringing in the. Who aren't reaching out to gay athletes and getting them to come out? They're the ones who didn't didn't bring Michael Sam in after he was cut by the Rams. It's not the athletes. The athletes have have no problem with it. And even with the Cowboys, who did bring in the Michael Sam after the Rams cut him, they polled a bunch of team leaders about Michael in the locker room before they decided to bring him on. And the team leaders, including Tony Romo, said, "Yeah, no problem." Yeah, I do think, I mean, obviously there are no out athletes in pro sports, so it clearly is still an issue. There are still Except Robbie you know, Rogers. Myriad re- well, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, Robbie Rogers in the MLS, but I mean, you know, in the NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball. So there clearly is are issues that obviously keep people away from it, but this idea, this knee-jerk reaction that the locker rooms aren't ready simply has not been borne out when it has happened. And we had David Denson um, in minor league baseball. That you know it was in the minor league systems, or is still in with the Milwaukee Brewers, who, you know, was totally accepted by his teammates. And we we've run stories, a million of them, it seems, by high school and college athletes who, you know, they they talk about the fear, and that the fear is real in the minds of a lot of people before they do it. But then when they actually do it, it makes the team stronger, it makes the players perform better, they feel more of a family. So it's, a, so it's always been a net positive. So on the one hand, yeah, there still are these problems, but it's the knee-jerk assumption that, oh, they are not ready, as if it's, you know, it, it simply has never happened, and it's happened in many instances. Yeah, it, it would have been um, – what they could have done differently, instead of saying the NFL isn't ready, is talk about – what is going on in the NFL and other leagues that has prevented athletes from coming out? They could have talked about the environment of the locker room, not just the outward homophobia, but the overt heterosexuality of the locker room that we hear from athletes is it just make it just makes them feel a little bit marginalized, like they're not a kind of a part of the conversation. With it's a bunch of men in the locker room, they're talking about sex with women. Just a gay man, just might feel not part of that conversation. So there are things like that that they could talk about, but again, they, 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 there was no nuance to it. And, and as we, by the way, as we know, that heterosexism and, and homophobia aren't necess- don't necessarily mean I don't want a gay teammate. It just means I don't think there's a gay teammate around, so I'm just going to be a, 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 I'm just going to be a really, really overt straight guy. But there was no nuance to the conversation at all, and it was disappointing that. I mean, I understand you know every TV host doesn't under, know the ins and outs of every topic they cover, um, but that that holder was so unprepared, and that Whiteside clearly does not really grasp these issues. It's disappointing that the conversation happened between those two people. Yeah, and there, there there were dozens of people they could have had on to discuss it who actually had covered it. In addition to two of us, you know, people who have actually been athletes. In the locker room, uh, you know, academics, r- other writers, or something. So it, it just seemed like it was a missed opportunity. But uh, you know, not the first time we've seen that. Um, but let's transition from that to an actually more enlightened uh, view, and that's from <clears throat> the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, the NBA champions, and team threatening to uh, 
wind up with the best record in the history of the NBA if they can pass. I think they got to go 73, right? 72 they got to go 73 to, to beat the record. 73 beats the record. Oh. Okay, that's set by the Chicago Bulls. Um, <clears throat> Golden State Warriors. That's Steve Kerr. And um, HBO had a segment um, on their HBO Real Sports with Brian Gumbel dealing with um, Rick Welts, the uh, openly gay president of the Warriors who had been an NBA exec, had been with the Phoenix Suns. Um, and and then Kerr was asked as part of a it was they sent me a what they called a bonus clip so I'm not sure it was actually in uh, the um, actual I don't get HBO so I didn't even see the story yet have you seen it No no I have I missed it I just I, I forgot to well actually um, I did record it we changed our DVR yesterday so no I can't watch it. <laughs> Anyway, I'm not sure if it was in, in, in the actual segment or not, or we got a separate clip sent to us, but he was asked specifically about gay athletes, and he had a quote that uh, we, we highlighted we thought was great, and I'll read it. He said, I think a lot more athletes and people in the sports world will need to come out before we really see the change, end quote. And you tweeted something to the effect of was we've been telling LGBT activists all along. Well, uh, I certainly believe, I think we both believe that the only way to really make change and highlight change is for people to come out. And and I think we talk about how much the sports world has to change. I certainly come from the perspective that that, that it has already changed. And I, I think that that Kerr, I would love to sit down and talk to him because he said we you know athletes need to come out before we really see the change. And I don't know if he meant that the change has already happened and we don't see it or that the change hasn't happened and gay athletes will make the change. I just think it's more of the former, that the change has already happened, that athletes are already going to be welcomed by their teammates and their coaches. And there are certainly teams and team athletes and coaches who will have a problem. And there's, that doesn't mean all the issues are behind us, but most of the issues frankly are, as I pointed out in that piece about the Fox news, um, more in 2012, more a higher percentage of NFL players supported same-sex marriage than the general population. Yet we we continue to think that sports and athletes are this big problem. So I just I continue to believe that that athletes are the are they're the answer to ending the ending the problems and, high, and highlighting how much change has already happened. Yeah, and he did say further along that it's sports is still not where it needs to be in terms of total acceptance. So I think that kind of went along with the idea that for there to be more change, we need to see more people out because when someone comes out, it puts a face on it. I mean, Jason Collins is the best example in the NBA. It went from a theoretical to a real. And when Jason started playing, all the <clears throat> all the great sort of fear and drama and everything people had predicted, none of it happened. And after a few games where it was like, you know, he he, would, he went through the cycle of media interviews, he was simply another guy. He was on the bench, and he was mentioned in terms of how he played in the particular game if he played. There were no fan protests, no fan boycotts. I think Jason said he heard one negative comment from an opposing player or something, but, like, that was it. So all the things that people have been building up for years about, oh, my God, this would be like this huge deal, turned out to be a non-deal. So I think that's what... I, could, I sense that's what Kerr was reflecting to, that if you had more people out, the acceptance would be more because they would all have to sort of confront the fact that this person is on their team and is a gay person, so they have to think differently. They're no longer dealing with an abstract. 
And and when I tweeted out about talking to activists about this, uh, you know, every every effort helps. Changing a policy helps. Uh, having somebody visit a locker room helps. But I think that they help in 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 very minute ways. I just don't think that. You know, and, and I think that that Jason and and Wade Davis, you know, they their voices can carry more weight in the NBA and NFL, respectively. But I still don't think that them walking into a locker room and talking to the players has much of an impact on the actual environment of the locker room or the inclusive nature of a team. It really, it really only changes if it has to change when somebody comes out that that's really the only thing that changes it and a lot of people spend a lot of time focusing elsewhere and you know I know that at Outsports we we just kind of keep focusing on telling more stories of people coming out and getting more people to come out and trying to convince them to come out you know a lot of the people who come out they don't just it didn't just happen it's because you and I worked with them to convince them to do it and of course after every single time they tell us that it, they wish they'd done it sooner. <clears throat> I think I just I think I just hacked on radio. I was trying to clear my throat and I thought I hit the mute button, so I apologize. Yes, you did. Like I was clearing my throat. God, I've been fighting this cold. Sorry about that. I did ask Luke McAvoy, who played for the University of Minnesota college football. Um, he had been out on the team but came out publicly just two weeks ago. Has gotten 12 hundred emails so far, which tells you the power of this, even wow. though he's been out of the sport for more than a year. And I asked him <clears throat> why he did not come out publicly at the time, and um, because I want to write something about this in general. And he said, one is that I didn't think I really had to. My friends and family knew who I truly was, and that was enough for me. I also wasn't totally comfortable being out yet. At the time, I did not see the impact that it could have had. I was just worried about me. And then something I thought was interesting, it was not my place on the team. I was a practice squad guy. I shouldn't be the face of any part of the team. That is a space in my mind reserved for other key players. At least for us who talked to the media, it was very controlled and limited. They took care of any media contacts and usually focused on the game. We rarely did any other interview that was not focused on football. I thought both of those were interesting. One, the idea that he kind of felt that being out to his family and friends was enough, but when he came out, the impact he's had, and he's been out of football for more than a year, 1,200 emails shows you the impact, and also the fact that he maybe would have felt that he would have been stealing the limelight from players who are actually, you know, regular players in the game. And I found both of things an interesting perspective and something that a lot of people don't consider, that, you know, it may take a particular type of player to come out, someone who's already, and we've talked about this, someone who's already secure on the team and in some ways might be considered a, a face of the team. Yeah, I, there are so many different ways you can you can look at it with how comfortable and accepted the person is on the team, how well liked they are on the team, the being the the, the face or not of a team. Um, and it's interesting that none of the guys who are faces of the team have come out in college football or. Or the NFL, I think you know when you look at across all the athletes who've come out, uh, you could point to a, you know a men's athletes. I'm talking about men's athletes, women's athletes. Obviously, we have Cheryl Swoops and Brittany Griner. It's a very different. Um, it's very different who has come out. But for the men, I mean, you look at a Derek Gordon. I mean, he was a starter for the UMass basketball team. 
I don't even the face of the team, but he was certainly a, a starter. And and you can look at some successful people in other sports, but those big sports, none of the none of the faces of teams have come out. I, I, can you think of a single one at the pro or college level? No, there has never been anyone that you would consider a star on the team per se to have done it. I mean, and we're talking about a large major. You know, I hate the word major, but you know what I mean. The sports, sports that get the most attention. Yeah. For other Derek sports, Gordon's the closest, like, you know, I would say. Who? Derek Gordon's the closest. I mean, he, was he would a, be the closest. He was a starter, yeah. But I do think a lot of it is part of the first part of what Luke said was that the idea that he kind of felt it was enough just to come out in his own way. And once they come out and they see the impact, it changes their mind about, oh, yeah, this actually would have been something that was important. And I think that's what we try to stress to a lot of athletes, that if you are in a position to do it, if it's, you know, it's not going to hurt your spot on the team or, your, you know, whatever, if you're comfortable, the time to do it is now and not wait because you're going to have a major impact. And they all uniformly say how much attention they get from it in a, in a positive way, how many people reach out to them. I mean, some guy got a priest in the Vatican <laughs> wrote him when he came out. I mean, wow. You know, you sort of like they, they reach places they never would have thought they had reached, and it's visibility more than anything else that is the key to breaking this down, which is this idea that you and I have just so much anger and frustration with retired athletes who can't say, they oh, they worry about endorsements or the fans or whatever, and they still cling to their, you know, straight public persona. You know, not everybody wants the attention. And I, uh, you, you know, I look at a guy like a Chris Burns who, you know, did a couple of interviews and then didn't do any more and, 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 uh, you know, and didn't put his email address on, uh, on our Outsports story, though we certainly included his Facebook and Twitter handles. And, and, and so, you know, if you're an athlete and, and you want, and you want to just inspire other people, you, you, you can do it in a way where, <laughs> You make yourself uh, somewhat unreachable by the media. Certainly your school or your team can help protect with some of that. You don't include your email address. Uh, or, you know, on Outsports, we can just not include your Facebook or Twitter handle or, or anything about you. So you don't you don't get totally inundated. Of course, and depending on who you are, you're going to get inundated at some level, but... Uh, you're going to get some attention, but it doesn't. It doesn't have to be 1,200 emails just because you just because you told Outsports that you're gay. It doesn't have to be that, though. It, it certainly can be if you want. And and you know the another interesting thing about that. I mean, that's a big number, 1,200 emails. I know some athletes have come out and they haven't gotten that, and they've included their email. They've gotten some emails, uh, and some people reach out. Uh, and and I, I really do think that it's it's football. I, I think yeah, football. football or being a part of a really big school or maybe some basketball and, and baseball, but it's the power that the power of football is really, you cannot, you cannot overstate it in, in America. But even then I, I've talked to some people who haven't gotten anywhere near that number, but they still got more than they thought they were going to get. And they got some ones that really meant a lot to them. So even if the number wasn't as huge, they actually had people, you know, in their little maybe niche sport that it really related to, so that kind of made it important for them. Um, but the football is the king, and, you know, the fact is that Luke also played for a Big Ten school, so you had that combination that, you know, that's why I say imagine what will happen if, you know, someone in a larger thing comes out. 
But even in the case of the email, like with Dale Scott, the gay umpire, I had him set up a separate email account sem- simply for this his story, which he thought was a good idea because it allowed him to have some correspondence, but it didn't also flood his regular inbox. So he was able to kind of you know check it when he wanted to and reply. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think though the visibility with Chris Burns, the, who's a college basketball coach. Um, the fact is, he's out there now. You can do a, a Google search of gay college basketball coaches, and his name pops up. So even if he is not going to be speaking, which he doesn't have to, or be corresponding with people, a he's out, so he can never go back in. So the fears he had are pretty much over. And b he's going to inspire. He may not even know some of the people he inspires because they're not going to be able to reach out to him. But they'll simply say, "Oh, this guy was able to do it, and so can I." So, so I think. Getting back to the Steve Kerr thing, I think what he said was really important. And you know that, obviously, if a member of the Warriors came out as gay, it would be a zero problem, given Rick Welts's position, given the ownership there, and given Steve Kerr. So, you know, there's an example. And Jaron Collins is an assistant coach. And Jaron Collins, given the Bay Area. So, yeah, yeah, Jason Collins' brother is a coach there. Um, So you have this whole scenario where that's a franchise where – a gay player would be totally embraced. So I do I do think what Kerr said was really important, that visibility matters. So if anybody who is listening to this podcast is an athlete who is in a position to sort of come out publicly, contact us. We'd love to tell your story regardless of the sport you do because every sport we've written about reaches and affects somebody. Yeah, and that's what we find every time is it doesn't it, – it, if you're a, a track and field athlete in Oklahoma, well, there are other track and field athletes in Oklahoma who will find your story incredibly moving, and it will move them to come out. And 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 that's you know what, what I what I want what I want to see from a guy like Kerr is for him to now seek out gay athletes and 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 talk to them and work with them to come out. That's the disconnect. It's great for Curtis. Oh yeah, we need more athletes to come out. Well, what are you doing? Like, other than just saying that to the media, that's not enough. You have to track down these people and sit in their living room and talk to them, and and talk to other people who will stand by next to this person when they do come out. So it's Rick, what Rick Welch did. He lined up uh, uh, Steve Nash and. David Stern and Bill Russell to stand next to him when he came out, and it, and 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 that really helped. You have those three people saying, "Yep, we're good with this." It, it goes a long way, and that's a, that's something that a guy like Steve Kerr can do for somebody else. If if he really if he knows of guys who are gay, I mean, that's part of the issue too. Is he could track them down I, if he wants to. Yeah, Anybody, I'm, hey, I'm not sure that, you know, I mean, you're the head coach of an NBA team. I think in some ways he has a lot on his plate, so I'm not going to expect him to basically try to track down who the gay players are in the NBA, which also they may feel, you know, you got an issue of like, how do you approach somebody like, well, Steve Kerr, here's your gay, and all of a sudden the guy freaks out or something. So um, I do think you're right that, you know, he can be a really good advocate for this, but I'm not, I'm not really sure – Sometimes you think, you know, like Luke McAvoy's head coach didn't know he was gay, meaning that, you know, in Minnesota. So some of these coaches mm-hmm. maybe by, might be the ones who are a little more removed. It might be their teammates who are the ones who are a little more maybe able to get somebody to come out. 
Well, I, whoever it is, I, I just believe that the role of the league commissioners and these quote-unquote straight allies, their role now is to get people to come out and, 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 and f- track them down, find them, convince them to come out, talk to them, be there for them when they do. I just well, the rest that's of an angle that I hadn't thought talk. of much. Yeah, that you had the NBA league office in a sense saying, you know, we they know of player X, Y, or Z, of being proactive and saying, you know, this is all confidential, off the record, but we will be right there for you. We will use our entire apparatus to help you in this process because this is a positive thing for our league. Yeah, that would that would be great. I mean, Jason, you know, kind of Jason Collins came out on his own. Um, but it's not everybody needs to come out on their own. And, and they, they talk such a good game at these levels. So, yeah, this would be – that'd be an interesting wrinkle on it where the leagues themselves actually orchestrated a coming out, which would send even a more powerful message, I think, because it would be so institutional. But they won't do it. Yeah, I don't think it's a pie-in-the-sky thing, but it was one of those things that you think, yeah, that would be a way to do it when you have the commissioner standing there saying, you know <laughs> – we're there for you. Um, it's probably going to be get, get nothing more powerful than that. Um, but that is all the time we have for today. That, uh, that's a topic that is not going to go away, and, and we need more and more people to do it. Um, and so if you, if you know of anybody who's an athlete and they want to tell their story, let us know. If you see anything in the media where people say dumb, stupid things like they did on that Fox show, let us know. And... Um, <laughs> If you have any surplus rain gear you want to sell to sit and night cheap, we'll probably take it off your hands. <laughs> I, I don't even need it cheap. <laughs> well, anyway, that's all the time we have. We'll be talking to you God, next time, and it's going to be March already. So um, have a good week, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>